The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. No mai hoki mai kia The Fold e mihi nei ko Duncan Greed tokuingwa. Welcome to The Fold, and uh, this is the latest in my creator series. Uh, I was kind of nervous before this one because. Uh, my, my guest this week is is Troy Kingy, who he's a musician, he's he's an actor um, as well, but I think his core identity is is as a musician. Um, and it was in part because my you know I I grew up as a as a journalist interviewing musicians. That was the whole thing I did for years and years and years. And then I as I was coming into this, I was like, I can't remember the last time I spoke to a musician, and I don't know. <laughs> I was like, do you still know how to do it? But it was also because. Troy Kingy has incredible magnetism and star power and presence. You know, he carries himself like there's, there's. You could just see the way that people in the in the spin-off office was were, were responding to him. That there's just something about this dude. Um, I mean, he's he's had a he's had a kind of a a breakout year in some respects in terms of like the the way that he might be best known now to to a certain segment of people is because he was. On the Masked Singer, made it to the last three, um, and was revealed as the person behind Sheep, who was my favourite and my kids' favourite the whole way through. Uh, Sheep had swag, <laughs> but also like just talking to him, like he clearly has complicated feelings about that. I'm not sure that he liked it or that he'd do it again. Um, I think it speaks to what a true and driven and intense artist he is. Um, the real the thing that he should be known for that he should be known around the country around the world is this insane project that he set himself uh, 10 10 10 which is 10 albums in 10 different genres in 10 years um, the most recent is Black Sea Golden Ladder uh, which is a a folk record uh, he's done with Delaney Davidson but it's not like any kind of traditional folk record it's got it's just got a kind of a rhythm and it sounds to me anyway like a sort of a psych or a soul kind of undertow to it. It's really, really good. And um, I think the way that he, uh, to avoid them, just it just feeling like a party trick, he's just giving everything to these records and they're, they're all really special. So uh, we talk about that and about the changing music economy. I, I think Troy is probably in his mid-late 30s, so he grew up in the era of tapes and CDs, and so we talk about that and about what it has been like being an artist in the in a kind of closed borders era, the good and the weird of that as well. Um, so, 
Yeah, that's that's what's coming on the fold. Before we get into it, I have to shout out Vodafone. They have been sponsoring this uh, podcast for months now, and I so appreciate the opportunity to, to do this every week. The spinoff runs on Vodafone network technology. We increasingly view ourselves as a technology company, or at least one that should have uh, technology at its heart. Like That's the only way you're going to survive and thrive as a media company, as any company, into the future. So your network technology really matters. If you run a business, take a look at vodafone.co.nz. This is Troy Kingy on The Fold. Uh, Tanakwe Troy, and welcome to The Fold. Kia ora, bro. Thank you for having me today. Um, I want to start with some, with go, go right in with the heavy stuff mm-hmm. and, um, and talk about how your life has changed after being on The Masked Singer in a sheep outfit. <laughs> um, to be honest, it hasn't changed very much. Um, if you had been following my socials, you would have seen I didn't put any posts up about my singer. I just kind of let it um, slide under the radar a little bit. But um, I have been out and about, and people have been hitting me up about it. So um, it was cool. It was cool. It was. It was. It was really weird. It was really weird. But um, it's a weird show. It, it was. It was weird doing it. But um, I'm just happy that my kids loved it they really loved it and they didn't even know that it was me I didn't tell them until like the week before my youngest daughter who's seven she was watching and she's like that sheep sounds like you dad (laughs) 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 yeah so uh, no they enjoyed it so that's the main thing because I was I had James Rickey on the podcast a couple weeks ago and um, like I feel like there's a, a sort of a tension like there's this kind of Almost like austere idea of New Zealand creative artistry, where which sort of disdains mm. that kind of thing. Mm. And as someone who both like loves James's work, loves your work, mm. but also has done a podcast about reality TV for five years, I like strongly disagree with that sentiment. <laughs> and that that your creative output is anyway impacted by you know other things you do to kind of gain audience and. Make your kids happy, and all, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and just make a living as a as a creative in New Zealand. Did you feel any of that tension, or has it been I, I, a thing? I, yeah, I definitely questioned it before going into it, and I don't know. Uh, I just remember doing the first day and thinking, "Oh, You've is, is, it, <laughs> is it too late?" But uh, I don't know. I, I just dropped my nuts and just carried on with it and then ended up getting to the final. Um, yeah, it's, it hasn't impacted anything else, like, um, as far as... Uh, or possibly, possibly it's impacted my creativity on, on um, my next album because I've had a major creative block. Maybe it's it's I'm feeling um, shame or something. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, it was. It was just weird. It was just weird. We we were. Um, everything was in secrecy. We didn't know anyone. We di- also didn't know what was going on. So we were just kind of like um, put into our green rooms and then ushered out on stage and perform and then go back to your green room and it was just like there was no one that's talking to us. So we're like, oh, what the hell is going on? So I'm you like, don't even know who else is participating. I don't know right? any. I don't know anything. I don't even know any other costumes, any other characters or. But I thought that was that was the kind of um, I don't know. It, like it, it's. I could kind of sense um, without even needing to ask the way that. Uh, People like yourself and Lady and um, James would, who are 
artists,、mm-hmm. you know, would feel about going to something that is just so bizarre, so commercial. But I, mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm just casting myself as a therapist here, which is a <laughs> strange <laughs> position to be in. But I think probably the one of the main reasons I did go on there was because I saw、um, T Pain's thing on it,、uh, on、oh, the American、pop. one, and I was like,、uh, oh, I see, see he done the、yeah. Mars thing, and I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. But、um, as soon as I done it, I felt like I don't know if this is like the T Pain one. This is something else. This is the New Zealand one. <laughs> It's all the New Zealand ones are always at about yeah. Like a, a and I, and I also th- I also thought that、um, our industry is so small that surely you're going to get all the voices. You know, it just I don't know if you could do another season because it's just so small.、Yeah. Industry is too small to 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 not know who the voices are. That tends to be the way with just all of our reality TV is we've got this real shallow talent pool. Once just keep getting the same guys over and over again, yeah. <laughs>、um, but the you know one thing which it did do in some ways is is like it introduces you to this you know big seven thirty p.m. linear、mm. TV audience, which might not have necessarily been exposed to you because of the just the way that you、mm. uh, make your music. Yeah. Was it have, has has it impacted? Because you released Black Sea Golden Ladder、um, in the days after making the final.、Um, how, how's how's the launch of that gone? How is code switching back into full artist mode outside of the shoot, shoot <coughs> well, costume? We we rapped on、um, my singer quite a while ago, so I had I I had kind of like transitioned from that, <laughs>、um, and it was relatively fast. Like it was just like it was just something. Was something that happened, <laughs>、um, but yeah, no. The release of the album's gone really well and been received really well. And、uh, I think the coolest thing that I've been getting is a lot of my Maori fans. Like, I don't know if it's 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 been dubbed as a folk album, but it's not necessarily straight. I mean, as a folk album, and、um, all my Maori、um, audience and fans are messaging me. It's like I wouldn't typically listen to this type of music, but I think you've、uh, persuaded me, and I'm just like, well, yeah, that's cool. But there's like a whole other world out there. But it's just, it's just funny to be kind of the bridge between、um, between genres for people that pro- probably would only listen to a certain type of music, and、um, and I'm finding that I that's probably. That's something cool that's coming out of it. That um, that um, I might be opening people up that wouldn't necessarily listen to the type of music into another type of music, because because I've done a reggae album, I might have got some fans, and then I go onto something else, and then they're like, oh okay, and then I get some other fans there, and then I'm kind of taking them on a journey with me. So yeah, it's all about just being able to appreciate anything and not just be single minded on a. On a style of music, or or what people are listening to. I mean, that's that's the kind of the beauty of the just that. It still makes my my brain hurt. The this ten 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 project, the the audacity, the ambition,、mm. the thing that you commit to personally、mm. with that longitudinal scale, and then just saying I'm gonna walk into these different genres and still kind of carry your. Artistic identity through, and not have it feel like a gimmick. It all feels like、yeah. Troy Kingy music. It's、yeah. it's a towering achievement, and、yeah. it does you know give, bring with it the opportunity to attract fans and then carry them outside of their comfort zones, just as you said. Yeah, and and it's at the beginning it was def- well, it's kind of still is like a selfish project. It's all for me, me, me. 
but yeah, like as I'm saying, our people actually following following it, and um, it's I suppose it's making me um, I don't know feel a lot more proud of what I'm doing that that it's actually um, reaching people and and stuff like uh, I've always said that I don't I'm not a I'm not a gigging artist. I, I prefer to create. And like like an artist probably likes to paint, but not necessarily the exhibition of their art. I've I've I felt like I've always been that type of artist. But yeah, just getting people interested in in what I'm doing, it, it's it's making me feel a lot more um, calmer about going into all these other things in the performance arena and everything else that comes with being an artist or musician. Do, does does it ever feel like a like a little? Like a trap that, or a prison that you've created um, for yourself? Yes, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first two or three up to the reggae one, I was like, yeah, cool. I kind of, um, ha- I felt, feel like I had those building blocks set and I was and I was ready to attack them. And now it feels like I'm just like out in deep water, like, oh, I need something to hold on to. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah. Uh, like a piece of um, driftwood ends up floating past and I grab onto it and then hold onto it until the next thing comes along. Um, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. It seems it's hard, but I'm 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 halfway deep in That must feel crazy to just to know that you've kind of broken its back in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I've 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 kind of set the the rest of it, but it's not making it any easier. Um I f- I feel like uh, last year with this golden um of the Black Sea Golden Ladder album was the first time I, I really started to feel it that it was kind of getting on top of me. So luckily for me, I had um a Mr. Delaney Davidson who come and kinda carried the load carried the load of me. So um yeah, I gotta give mad props to that dude. And I feel like going forward that's what I need to do. Um in whatever genre I'm working on Get people that are experts in those fields um, to to help me to 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 make it less stressful to help guide me. I suppose. I guess that way you kind of know that you know it's not going to be pastiche, or mm. you know you can have it, have that anchor there. Do you have like it mapped out, like a sense of what the next five might be, or you, do you I do, let... I do, but they um, they could probably change. I I've got the next one mapped out, which we start in. Um, well, I start recording this weekend <laughs> <laughs> on my next album. So um, the last couple of weeks, I've just been writing, writing, writing. Because um, only two weeks ago, I had one song. Um, That's pressure. But in saying that, all of the albums have kind of been in that sort of vein. By the first one, you had 10 years of whatever um, to put into your first album, hence why I had 24 songs. Um <laughs> But then, like with Zygotron, um, that was written in two weeks. Um, Holy Colony was written in one week. And then even last year, the Golden, um, the Black Sea album was written in four days. So um, it's all about accumulating all the little pieces and then cramming it in those last few weeks. And I've said that in many interviews. It's kind of like um, they don't have six-form cert anymore, but... I used to hate sixth form. I used to like school C because it was based on the exam right at the end of the year. 
but with six form it's it's the whole year yeah. accumulating stuff and then it's the project at the end so I use those last couple of weeks to put it all together everything that I've accumulated in that particular style um, for instance with the Holy Colony album um, I didn't really want to go down the down the Bob Marley Avenue because it's it's the obvious one to go down so I started to try and dig for for some of those probably those heroes that people don't really talk about so I kind of mirrored that album on um, the Abyssinians um, who are around the same time and it felt like it was like a blood and fire kind of yeah, reissue that, yeah. that's the, the sound world of it more so than the like the island yeah. style of um, yeah exactly and 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 just the psych this, uh, just pulling it apart finding what made that sound that sound and those two two things that I found was the uh, musically was a guitar that was doubling the bass, which I called a chicken bass, which I've used to this day. We we call it chicken bass in the studio, just doing the same line as the bass, but on a muted guitar. And then um, just the one drop, which people really do these days. You get the odd people because it's not like a pumping, raging. Um, uh, type of reggae that you go and you're like, yeah, it's more like chill, which is the reggae I listen to, but also the reggae that I did love was was Rastafarian reggae, which, without going as far as becoming a Rastafarian, how did I, how could I, um, find that sound? How could I get that type of wairua to the music? And I, I found that through talking about, um, indigenous politics, um colonization and stuff like that so um i feel like that's why um a lot of people especially maori resonated with the album yeah it felt like sonically and thematically connected to that sort of deep dread of 70s mm. jamaica and that kind of consciousness mm. that that arose out of that mm-hmm. um in a way that a lot of new zealand reggae like you say has felt more descended from like a that that kind of Late seventies, early eighties, Bob Marley strain, which was it was you know to to me so, like it was such a mm. just a thick hit you in your chest kind of a, mm. a, a sound. yeah yeah I, I try um, I, I always try and find something that that's from years gone by but that no one really cares about or no one's really listening to and I try and make that my own and and um, present day tense so. Um, that's what I'm always trying to do. Find something similar to what Taika did with um, what we do in the shadows. You mm. know, he said making a vampire movie in the middle of like Twilight and all these. It's like no one needs another vampire movie. It's the best time to put out a vampire movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sort of on the the kind of figuring out or, or making a, a genre your own. Um, how would I, I just got sent by uh, by Loop your like a single that's dropping in a couple of weeks? Heorite mm-hmm. uh, Orite, uh, which is wild. Like that is a psych monster, and <laughs> and it's uh, all in Tereo. It's just a real wild song, mm. um, and yeah. Tell tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I, I got to do a collaboration with The Nudge last year. Um, Te Maungai Pauho were putting out um, quite a bit of funding for artists that have never worked in Te Reo to work with, with an artist that does. Um, so I ended up doing one with them and then another song with another guy, um, 
Te Kuru Jews, who's not an artist, but he's a prolific te reo speaker. So he had written a whole lot of words and gave it to me to put it into song. So um, it was it was kind of something to um, pass time last year through COVID and, and stretch your creative chops. Um, and I've always been a massive Nudge fan. Um, Irai was even on the Freddie Caesar on a few songs on the Freddie Caesar drumming there. So real good friends. And um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was, uh, it was just a fresh idea. Never really heard any any music in Māori um, and that type of style. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. Looking forward to dropping that one. And it's it's about, I don't know, I just, I know the type of people they are. They're real, like, psychedelic, cosmic. Um, so it's a, it's a bit about spacey stuff mixed with um, the man, oppression. And, like, my real... I I was I've been brought up through Koanga Reo and you know um Kurakopapa but being up north in a in a spot where not that many people are speaking it, it has been a case of use it or lose it and I feel like Mareo has definitely declined over the years so um I had to dig deep <laughs> I had to dig deep to write that one um, to to muster all my feelings together but um yeah I'm pretty happy with it yeah it feels like it could you know that you could imagine a whole record of of that. Uh, yeah, for sure. We we're, we're talking about it too. I would love that. Um we'll just take a quick break and uh come back with more from Troy King. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centers. I'm super grateful to O Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Uh, so before you were talking about, um, you touched briefly on that uh, funding that Te Mangai Paho made available to to kind of help bridge through that mm-hmm. extremely freaky year we had last mm-hmm. year. And, and, and earlier you were talking about um, your kind of, the way where you like to stay is, or the, your happiest place is writing and recording as opposed to touring, which, mm. you know, uh, I feel like for... Musicians, the the way that the the industry has developed, it's gone away from you being able to kind of um, look at the recording and release of music as as a kind of a, a key viable. viable income stream. Yeah, yeah and, for sure. And I, to it, talk about that because you're you're of an age where you you know I mean the the new record is is out on vinyl and on mm-hmm. CD, but. Um, you know, you came of age in, in that previous era and have had to kind of wrestle with, like everyone has, that that, that change to the streaming era. Yeah. How, how how do you sort of find that, especially with you know your your kind of you know tendency to prefer the the less lucrative part yeah, yeah. of the industry? Well, yeah, I say that, but it's inevitable. We do have to we do have to perform um, to make our make our bread. Um, yeah. 
I, I just I look back to the nineties because I'm a, I was born in the eighties, but you know, listening to music through the nineties, and that's probably why why the concept is like album based because I'm of the era of the cassette tape where you didn't really fast forward it, you listened to it from start to finish in the order that it was it was set out for and yeah, we're in the in the age of in the era of singles, people just skipping to their favourite song these days, but I feel like artists, when they make a body of work, they set it out in a way that they want you to listen it, to it in. And that's part of the journey. So, um, yeah, I've always been I've always been like that. Same with like we're listening to an album or like a Bob Marley album, whatever it is. Um, I know if someone skips a song because I know what the next song is supposed to be because I've listened to it so many times. Um, I don't I don't think I'm answering your question, but it's it's. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty tricky, I suppose. Like I'm 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 always constantly thinking, why wasn't I, why wasn't I like born way back in the day so I could have made heaps of money in the '80s or whatever, or in the '70s, um, just dropping records and being a mystical being. <laughs> um, but now you got to be out there, got to be on social media, you got to you got to have a presence somewhere so people know where to go and stuff like that because there's. Millions, billions of artists out there. You get you get lost, man. There's so much, so much stuff out there, um, and that's. I'm trying to pull back on a lot of things because I feel like, in order, that's what I want. I want that sort of mystique, um, which I feel like is lost in this this era because you can you can literally touch everybody and see everybody in the old days, like a Led Zepp or whatever. There was like stories made of these guys. Oh, these guys come to my town like three years ago. He's like got twenty abs. <laughs> um, he can do this mad party trick, or you know, we don't get that anymore because you can see everyone, and you can follow anybody, and see what their life is like. So um, that's that's I, that's the thing I hate the most about this era. Yeah, to be honest, like you feel like I mean, just in terms of the way that you present, you carry yourself. The the type, the way that you approach your craft feels out of time, and in a in a really refreshing way. In the same way that what you were talking about with with what you know Taika's Taika was doing, or, or with trying to take something that and breathe life into it that that is a profession. But but it is it must be sort of frustrating to kind of you don't really have the option of kind of whether you go in or out of that system largely like the, the whole thing is yeah I've got friends who work at record companies now who are just like TikTok just owns it you don't you don't really basically it's like who can get to the mm. the artist fastest there and that just seems quite <laughs> bleak if you if you came of age and understand the old system the new one can feel just like extremely clinical and data driven in a way that's Sort of against the nature of the form. Yeah, you, you still have to you still have to try and move with the times. Like I said, otherwise you're going to get lost in the mix. But I'm trying real hard to hold on to a lot of those old um, ways. Um, but yeah, it's tricky. No point holding on to those old ways if no one can see you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reality. Eh? Um, but just getting back to 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 last year and and its impact on mm. the the industry and um, the the that whole ecosystem of of venues and funding and label and uh, promoters and so on. How 
how hard did that hit and how has the sort of the absence of the normal kind of overseas, mm. you know, uh, touring artists and so on, like, is it still being felt or have there been good things to come out of it as well? I feel like for me it was kind of good, um, especially over the summer, um, not having international artists come and open me up to a lot of other festivals that I hadn't played at. Um, it's probably the busiest summer I've ever had. Um, so that was good. Um, we did lose a few things early on last year, um, just because I, I think we were we were at Womad, which was the last big festival before before it hit last year. Um, yeah, to be honest, I really loved it. <laughs> Not what COVID was doing, but um, just having to be stuck at home because I had been on the road a lot. Um, just just not having to be anywhere and be there with my kids. And, like, they were talking um, a couple of weeks ago, my oldest girl was like, man, we, we should have another lockdown. She just wanted us to just be hanging out at home. Um, yeah, it was just cool not having to, having pressure to be anywhere um, and just being in each other's company. Um, and everyone was asking, oh, how was, how was your creative, like, output? Were you crazy, like, making stuff? I made nothing. I made nothing in that first lockdown. I was just, I was just present with my kids and and just enjoying not having to do anything. Do you feel like it's changed the way that the the because you're a very collaborative artist and mm. and the people that you work with that having that sort of just this weird sealed environment. Um, and you know, like the way that the likes of Tamangai Paho, New Zealand mm. on there, Creative New Zealand, and and so on, have like tried to get their arms around um, yeah. artists that it has has changed the culture a little. I I I'd say it has, but I probably haven't seen it because I have been I've been doing a lot of collaborations for years, and it's all been over the net. Like it's not face to face because I live in such a small rural town so to be honest for me it hasn't changed very much um i'm still yeah doing a lot of collaborations still over the net i get sent songs i'll chuck a vocal or guitar on it at home and it was like that before covid so um yeah probably not the right person to ask (laughs) (laughs) um and just before uh, i let you go do you want to talk about you've got some Big shows coming mm-hmm. up in, in August at some like just some beautiful venues. Just t- talk about that tour and and what 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 the intent of it is. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I've I've been hiding in this nine piece band over the summer. You know, um, this big wall of sound. So um, just to strip it right back to me and Delaney at these um, theatre shows where there's not going to be talking or rowdy, drunk people. There might be, but people are going to be sitting there watching, so they're going to be taking everything in, and so we're pretty naked. You can't hide behind anything. Um, so I'm, I'm super scared, but also um, excited about the challenge. Um, it's going to be very different to what, what I've been doing over the last year, um, performance-wise. I'll say it's venturing more into like theatrical, um, very arty, weird. I'm hoping it's really weird. Um, I I told Delaney before we started putting the show together that I just want people to walk in 
sit down and not know what's going to happen and be on the edge of their seats, whether uh, like an Andy Kaufman thing, where they don't know <laughs> they don't know if they're if they're like happy or if they're angry. I just want people to walk out of the show going, "What the hell did I just witness there?" and never forget it for the rest of their lives. So yeah, um, other thing I'm excited about is I, I've. I haven't done more than like four shows when I when I've toured my albums. Mainly just stuck to um, the main centres, but um, yeah, we're we're playing at Kitty Kitty at my hometown. Um, is the first show, and then we go where are we going? Lee, Whangarei, Hamilton, New Plymouth, Wanganui, Nelson, Dunedin. Christchurch, and then our last two shows, we will have our band with us um, at the Opera House in Wellington, and then um, at the Auckland Town Hall, uh, Auckland Town Hall on September the fourth. So it's a big meaty piece piece of mahi there, um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, it sounds sounds like it's going to be <laughs> good and strange. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much for coming up, Troy. Our pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e te iwi, Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.